Welcome to the show about your kid's secret life, an inside peek at what today's kids are really doing online and with technology. Each week, you'll hear the latest trends and get tips to keep them safe while keeping your sanity. So here are your hosts, cybersecurity experts, best-selling authors, and parents of four teens, Lisa and Chris Good. Hey everyone, welcome to the show that lets you see behind the curtain of what today's kids are doing with technology. I'm Lisa Good. And I'm Chris Good. Another day and yet another social media challenge of the past has been resurrected. Oh boy, be on the lookout for the Bright Eye Challenge, which began on TikTok, the app that your kids will beg and plead for and say, I'm only creating funny dance videos. Or really, Mom, it's just dance videos. But there's a whole lot more than just funny dance videos on TikTok. So here's another TikTok challenge that can cause serious injury. This challenge involves mixing strawberry jelly, shaving cream, hand sanitizer, and bleach in a bag. Hang on. Strawberry jelly? What's wrong with grape or blackberry? Those are my favorites. And what? You said bleach? Yes, Chris. Will you please just keep up? So then what they do is they put this bag with this mixture on their eyes for a few minutes or a little longer. And the result is one eye is a lighter color than the other. Or if you're really lucky, your eye will completely change colors. Wow. In all the years of fashion and beauty, we've just now learned the secret to changing your eye color from a few teenagers. Yeah, right? Well, I think what we've learned is that what happens on TikTok is influencing many kids and pushing them to do stupid things that no one would have ever thought. Now, this dangerous challenge got started thanks to a few totally fake videos. No way. Are you serious? You mean people actually post fake videos? No way. you got to be kidding me. Nope, I'm not. So it started last April by a college freshman named Greg Lammers, who used editing software to lighten the color of his eye. Now, Newsweek reached out to him, and here's what he said, and I quote, Anyone who thought it was real is dumb. It was a joke. Yeah, but the one that pushed the challenge viral was Julia Gulia 69 She took trickery and deception to a whole new level. She wore two different colored contact lenses, positioned the bag of strawberry goop, edited the video, and then declared that the trick worked. Now, if you don't think kids take this social media fame seriously, here's what she got out of it. More than 90,000 followers, 574,000 likes, 35,000 shares, and 5,000 comments in just two days. Two days. Oh, my. You know, these kids are intentionally creating these challenges to gain their three minutes of viral celebrity fame. And in the process, they're putting thousands of other kids in danger of injuring their eye or going blind, which is the only result that kids will get by placing this chemical concoction on their eyes. And trust me, I was on TikTok today and these videos are still out there. So it's really important to drill into our kids' heads that not everything they see on social media is true. Yep, and there's yet another harebrained social media challenge video that's also racking up millions of views. Now, if you thought the tripping jump challenge was dangerous, wait till you hear about this ridiculous new TikTok challenge. It encourages drivers to swerve all over the road like absolute maniacs in sync with music. Dub the cha-cha slide. 
The prank involves teens and college-age kids driving recklessly to the beat of the 20-year-old dance song by DJ Casper with the same name. You know, slide to the left. So every time he belts out that lyric, slide to the left, the driver makes the corresponding steering wheel swerve often into the oncoming traffic lane. And I'm not joking. Yeah, and things get really hairy during the crisscross verse which prompts drivers to swerve crazy in both directions without regard to oncoming traffic or other drivers. Now, despite the obvious risks, the challenge has taken TikTok by storm, reportedly causing several near accidents by participants. So one of the videos had the caption on it, the car almost flipped. Um, And this was performed with friends in his car. Now, another challenge video had 2.8 million views as of Thursday, and after many adults on TikTok slammed them with comments like, why y'all driving like you got extra lives? And this is stupid. Do your parents know? That video's been removed, but I checked again today and there are a whole lot more of these videos. Yep. I wonder if their parents even know about this. It's crazy. These kids are trying so many dangerous things to increase the viewer traffic on their TikTok pages just in order to get famous. And you know what's crazier? No. TikTok warning viewers on these videos that this action in this video could result in serious injury. Well, duh. And what they should do is just remove the video. The videos were only recently taken down after the media started reporting and showing them last week. Now, it goes back to these companies don't care about your kids. And as a parent, you shouldn't be counting on any of their protections. It's your job to make sure that your kids stay safe. Well, while we're talking about social media, let's chat a little bit about my least favorite app. Not that I'm crazy about any of them, but this one I truly do not like, and that's Snapchat. So if you have tweens or teens, you probably already know about Snapchat. It's the platform that has the deleting messages, photos, and videos. It's also the hardest to monitor, which is why kids love it. You know, stories that take place on the app only live for a short period of time, then they're deleted, or so they say. Now, this makes it easy to believe that Snapchat collects or stores very little of your information. So you may be surprised to learn that Snapchat knows a great deal about you and your kids if they're on the platform. Now, most parents don't question or think about this aspect of the app, but make no mistake, they are collecting data, all of it, and they're using it to make billions. Last year in 2019, they made 1.7 billion off your data. Yes, with a B. Yeah, and Snapchat's just like a kid in a candy store. The more candy you give them, the more they want. And due to privacy laws, they're required to tell you when they change how they're collecting and using your data. You know, it's that little pop-up box you see occasionally on websites that says, you know, something like, we've updated our privacy policy or our terms. If you should take a moment to review them. But then it has that little OK button and most of us just go ahead and click it and never even think to look at what the policies are. You know, I'm guilty of that too. I've been busy... Got stuff to do. Just hit that OK button and move on. And you know your kids aren't taking the time to read those. In fact, when I logged into Snapchat today, guess what I got? The little box. So the information that's being collected has changed. And this change has many privacy experts concerned. So I'm going to give you a rundown on the new data that Snapchat is now collecting. Snaps sent through Snapchat are collected by the company. Snapchat also collects chats with friends through the app. 
And while these disappear from the site, the company does have access to them before they're deleted. And they have not said one way or another if they're stored by Snapchat, but I believe they are. Yeah, I bet so too. Now, Snapchat also collects information behind the scenes involuntarily that you can't opt out of or turn off. For instance, they register how often your kids use the app and who they text. They also know how often they text each friend and how long it typically takes them to open a message from each friend, as well as monitoring which filters your kids prefer and which stories they watch on Discover. That's kind of creepy. Now, Snapchat also collects information about your kid's device, including what kind of phone they have, the operating system it runs on, and the mobile carrier providing their cell phone service. They also monitor the microphones and whether your kids have headphones connected. You know, it makes me wonder if they're able to monitor the microphones, are they able to pick up and record conversations like the Amazon Alexa or the camera and microphone in your laptops? You know, I don't know. It's really scary. I bet they can. Snapchat also collects information about your kid's location. It monitors whether their device is in motion and in what direction, as well as their location. Now, this occurs no matter what you have their location permission settings set to. Through nearby mobile towers and Wi-Fi, Snapchat can narrow down your kid's location within reasonable accuracy, even with Snap Maps turned off. Your kids are being tracked by the app, and it's all done without your or their permission. Then there's the information it collects about your kids from other sources. Now, Snapchat doesn't just rely on your kids' use of the app to get information about them. The company also collects and is given information from advertisers and other third parties. This is used to build a more complete profile of your kids. It's in their advertising contracts that all data is cross-shared. So if your kids install a new app or game from a company that advertises with Snapchat, guess what? Snapchat gets that information that that company's collecting too. Wow, that's a lot of data collecting and sharing. Now, for those who think my kids aren't on Snapchat, so they're not collecting their data, well, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but even if your kids don't use Snapchat, if their friends do, and they allow Snapchat access to their phone book to update contacts, which everybody does, Snapchat now has information about your kids. Their friends gave it to them. This includes personal information like name, email address, their phone number, and possibly even your home address. Now, you may be thinking, how does Snapchat use all that private information they're collecting? Well, one of the main purposes of collecting your information is to provide better targeting for advertisers, which means more revenue for them. Now, most of the social media companies spend their data collection as a benefit to the users. So this quote is directly from Snapchat's Privacy Center. To provide our services and make them better, we learn some things about you when you use Snapchat. For example, if we know it's your birthday, we can send you and your friends a lens or geo filter to help celebrate. Nice, right? Yeah. I like how they spend that we're tracking you by saying, hey, we're going to give you free stuff. Now, they have a lot of other vague language also. One of my favorites under the how we share information section is, for most everything else, you're in control. And you note the word most. Now, you'll see language such as personalizing your experience or information you choose to give us. Of course, this is what I call legalese or the sleight of hand talk. Now, Snapchat also neglects to say anywhere the fact that the more personalized your profile is, 
the more advertisers are willing to pay or the more money they get to charge them. You see, you and your kids' data is valuable in today's digital world. It's literally worth billions. It's the gold rush of our time, and most people either don't know or just don't care. And location data is some of the most valuable information to advertisers. As we said earlier, even with location services turned off, Snapchat is still keeping track of your kids. And here's why. You may never willingly consent to giving Snapchat your home address or the name of your employer. But with location information, Snapchat gets access to your offline life. And they can piece together where you live, whether in an upper or middle class neighborhood, and where your kids go to school, whether public or private. And all of this data is used when attracting advertisers. Now, no one but Snapchat really knows the extent of the data they're collecting, but their Advertise With Us brochure states, we can target based on where users are in real time down to very specific locations, such as users who are near beaches, near donut shops, in airports, etc. There are also hundreds of very detailed lifestyle and demographic-based audience segments that are unique to the platform. Now, you may be tempted at this point to delete Snapchat, cancel your phone service, and throw your phone and your kids' phones in the nearest lake or river. While that may not be a bad idea, at least the deleting of Snapchat part, it is possible to take some simple measures to safeguard some of your privacy. You can take a few minutes to walk through the Snapchat privacy settings. These allow you to take some control over your information. And I say some because if your kids or you are using social media, you should know that you no longer have any privacy. There's always data being collected about you, but there are ways to restrict how much data is collected and how it's used. Stay tuned for our next topic. Wouldn't it be great to stay up to date without being overwhelmed? It's possible and easy. Just sign up for our free cyber alert emails. We take the guesswork out of knowing what's going on with kids and technology. We provide the essentials that parents, grandparents, and adults working with children should know in today's digital world. Just visit yourkidssecretlife.com forward slash radio and sign up today. Hey everyone, welcome to the show that lets you see behind the curtain of what today's kids are doing with technology. I'm Lisa Good. And I'm Chris Good. And we're talking about Snapchat, that wonderful social media app that deletes pictures and videos after the person you've sent them to has viewed them. Now, for those of you who are using monitoring tools on your kids, either the ones that come with the smartphone, the Apple and Android, or any additional ones you're paying for, you won't be able to see what was sent and then automatically deleted in Snapchat. In fact, there aren't any monitoring tools out that effectively monitor Snapchat. Well, I say that, but there are some spy-like tools that will. But trust me, you don't want to use those on your kids. For one, you'll be bombarded with every single thing they do, every text, every emoji, everything. And you'll ruin any trust or relationship you have with your kids when they find out what you're doing. Now, I know as parents, our job isn't to be their friend. We are to be their parents. But you still want to have that bond of trust so that when they're in trouble or something's wrong, they feel like they can come and talk to you and you're not going to explode. Well, maybe not immediately anyway. 
Yeah, the only time I suggest spyware software to a parent is if they have a child that is high risk. And when I say high risk, I mean one that has severe depression or perhaps has already attempted suicide. Then by all means, if you're going to give them a smartphone instead of a flip phone, definitely you want to use some spy software on that phone. So besides the data collecting we've talked about, there are other aspects of Snapchat that should raise some concerns. So one of the first ones that comes to my mind is the deleting photos and videos. You know, the idea behind the deleted photo was that users could send time-limited photos that might be embarrassing or maybe just silly without fear that it'll find its way onto another social media site where it would live forever. Now, while the message disappears from their phone, the sender gets to decide how long a photo will live from 1 to 10 seconds after it's viewed but it doesn't prevent the receiver from snapping a screenshot of the photo while it's live. Now, to Snapchat's credit, I can't believe I said that, if a receiver takes a screenshot of the photo, the sender is notified, but that doesn't mean that the other person is going to delete it, and it also doesn't keep the other person from sharing those photos later with others. Hey, and kids are smart too. If they know a message is coming, they could take a photo of the screen with another phone or a digital camera, and the sender would never know that their supposedly evaporating photo is still going to be alive and well on somebody else's device. And I'd like to mention that kids are always looking for a workaround to do a screenshot, and they normally find one like putting the phone in airplane mode trick. Now, there are several tricks that don't alert the sender that a screenshot has been made. Another thing to worry about is kids think because there's a lower risk of the photos or videos being posted somewhere else or screenshots taken, it's the social media app of choice for sexting. Now, sexting has been around for a while. It's taking nude or inappropriate photos of yourself and sending them to someone else. Snapchat itself admits that up to 45% of its users may send sensitive content on a regular basis, experimentally, of course. So even the company knows its platform is being used in this way and does very little to stop it. Sometimes I think it was created just for this type of sneaky behavior. Another side effect of the disappearing photos and videos is that Snapchat is used for bullying and it's almost impossible to catch and stop. One father whose daughter was being bullied via Snapchat was only able to make it stop after he recorded one of the bully snaps by taking a video with his own phone. He was then able to contact the school and the police. But before he got the video, when he called the school and police, they would tell him that unless he had proof, there was nothing he could do. Since its creation in 2011, Snapchat has added other features that parents should be aware of. So here's a quick rundown on those. There's Snap Map which was introduced in 2017 and allows users to share their location in real time with anyone on their Snapchat friend list and see the locations of their friends who do the same. Now, since some of their Snapchat contacts may not be friends in real life, this is a big risk and I recommend having Snap Maps turned off. Then there's the Discover feature, which was launched in 2015 and allows you to see content from popular media channels, many of which offer sexually oriented content. Although Snapchat's terms of service discourage explicit content, these channels include images that can range from soft porn to outright pornography and are inappropriate for children. Now, a lawsuit filed in California in 2016 cited some of the offensive Snapchat Discover content, including... People share their secret rules for sex and 10 things he thinks when he can't make you orgasm. Not many parents would be comfortable with their teens or tweens having immediate access to articles like these. 
and it hasn't gotten much better. I have a Snapchat account for research purposes, and the content that I see come through looks a lot like pornography. It is not good. Another one is called Snap Streaks. Now, a snap streak occurs when two users have snapped back and forth within a 24-hour period for three days in a row. Now, once this occurs, a flame emoji and a number will appear next to the streaker's names to show how long the streak has been maintained. For many kids, they're a measure of their friendships. It's been noted by medical experts that the pressure of keeping a streak going is causing anxiety and panic attacks in kids. So, let's talk about the safeguards. It's important to know that Snapchat does have a minimum age of 13, which is in compliance with the COPA law, the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act. When it's downloaded, Snapchat asks you for your birth date, and if you're under 13, you're redirected to the kid version called SnapKids, which is more restrictive. For instance, you can't add friends or share anything. Now, with that said, it's not uncommon for underage kids to find a workaround, basically using a fake birthday so that they can open an account. And Snapchat doesn't stop them from doing that. Nope. Snapchat is ranked as the second worst social media platform for teen mental health. Number one position, Instagram. Research shows the earlier children are exposed to social media, the more susceptible they are to suffering from poor mental health, depression, and suicidal thoughts. With the increased pressure from parents, the media, and the medical community on how detrimental to kids' health their platform is, Snapchat has recently announced a new feature called Here For You. Ooh, in an effort to attempt to combat cyberbullying and give the appearance that they really care about kids, the Here For You element of Snapchat will provide troubled users with help from mental health experts. Now, when I first heard about this, my initial reaction was, who will these mental health experts be? Well, most likely those who are paying to be promoted to your kids. This is another revenue stream for Snapchat. My next thought was, what about HIPAA? Will Snapchat now be held to HIPAA standards? Because it's dealing with medical conditions and possible private medical information that kids provide. And then some other questions that came to my mind were, will Snapchat be contacting these kids' parents or guardians with this information? Will they contact the authorities if a kid's asking about how to commit suicide? What will they do with the data they collect? Who gets that? How long is it stored? These are all serious questions that should be asked. And to date, Snapchat hasn't answered them anywhere. Here's how Snap Inc. describes Here For You. It's a suggested search tool that offers proactive in-app support to Snapchatters who may be experiencing a mental health or emotional crisis, or who may be curious to learn more about these issues and how they can help friends dealing with them. I like how they slide in the how they can help friends. They know that most kids aren't stupid enough to say they're having problems. They use a friend as a decoy. So how exactly does it work? Well, when a user searches for certain words in the app, such as bullying or thinspo, a term known to promote anorexic behavior, Here For You suggests helpful resources and content created by experts. So for example, searching up the term anxiety in the app triggers a digital pop-up promoting the app's new series featuring anxiety-relieving videos, Chill Pill. The app also has other original series that discuss other mental health issues. So once again, your kids are being targeted by advertisers who now have some very private data. And where does this data go? 
Now, Snapchat refuses to share how often users search for mental health related terms, but I'm telling you, it's got to be a lot for Snapchat to create an entirely new feature catered just to these type of searches. The Verge reports 90% of the social media app users are made up of 13 to 24 year olds. So basically, they're adolescents and young adults, often the most vulnerable to sensitive content. And now SNAP's Vice President of Global Policy, Jen Stout, said, and I quote, We feel a real responsibility to try to make a positive impact with some of our youngest, sometimes most vulnerable users on our platform. We know this is the first step of a lot of work we want to do to provide the right resources to our users, end quote. While I applaud her for making that statement, I believe she should have stated that this is also a huge win for Snapchat. They have found another revenue stream in their model. Unfortunately, it's based on preying on the vulnerabilities of young users, your kids. The people that will be providing those resources will no doubt be advertisers paying lots of money to get to your kids. So while we're on the topic of social media, this Friday kicks off the 11th year of the National Day of Unplugging, which takes place from sundown to sundown, March 6 to March 7. That's 24 hours of no texting, no social media, no email, no calls, and yes to real life. I can tell now it's going to be painful for some of you to hear this one. There are worse things in the world than shutting off your phone, computer, or television for a day. In fact, it will probably be good for you. And taking a phone time out, not just for a day, but in your overall life, is probably a solid idea and will have a positive effect on your kids. Remember, more is caught than taught. So here are a few suggestions on unplugging. Whether you use them for a 24-hour unplug or integrate them into your daily life, they will help make your screen time less only if you implement them. So number one, grab your phone and delete one app. One less app is one less distraction. Number two, try a no cell phones allowed dinner. If you don't already do this with your kids, let me warn you, the first little bit will be awkward as in pure silence. But keep talking, and before you know it, there'll be laughter and some surprising conversations. Number three, hide notifications. Try this for fewer distractions for at least a block of time each day, or only leave on the important notifications. And I'm not talking about social media. Now, here are three reasons to consider unplugging. One, a better night's sleep. 47% of adults say they miss out on sleep due to internet usage. And I'm sure the percentage is even higher for kids that have phones in their rooms at night. Number two, better family relationships. 35% of kids feel that their parents don't listen to them because they're constantly checking emails, taking calls, or texting. And 47% of kids say their parents have double standards about technology. Not. Number three, better emotional empathy. A UCLA study found that tween and teens who were deprived of screens for five days through a digital detox were much better at reading people's emotions than children who continued using screens. You know, it makes sense. The kids were actually paying attention to each other instead of technology. And let's be real. Nothing's more annoying than talking to someone whose face has been sucked into their screen. I know. Now, If I'm on my phone and my 16-year-old walks over to me and tries talking to me and she sees that I'm not paying attention, she'll tap me on the shoulder and say, Mom, when you're done, let me know and then I'll tell you. And then she walks away. So I'm going to be honest. 24 hours off your phone probably won't fix you. 
Also, it's cold outside. So whether or not you participate in National Unplugging Day, in general, all of us being on technology a little bit less is probably a great idea. Of course, there's some irony in me, a person who works with technology and whose livelihood depends on people not disconnecting, recommending shutting off technology. So whether you and your family unplug or don't unplug, at least give some thought to your technology habits. So have a great week. And remember, guys, you can do this. Thanks for listening to Your Kid's Secret Life with Lisa and Chris Good. To submit your questions, sign up for our free cyber alert emails, or for information on today's show, please go to yourkidssecretlife.com forward slash radio. You can also connect with us on Facebook at Your Kid's Secret Life.